0: So Money, Episode 745, Laura Vanderkam, author of Off the Clock, Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Today's guest is going to teach us how to get more done and feel less busy while doing more. Starting now. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. I need this in my life right now. I don't know about you, but this episode is coming, hitting me at a time like no other. It is time to learn how to, well, I guess relearn how to make the most of my time. I find that I tweeted something the other day about time and it got a lot of likes and I was just tweeting kind of stream of consciousness. And it was something like the older I get, the the more I'm thinking to myself, how can I maximize my time right now? Or how can I make the most of my time in this hour, in this minute now? As a joke, I said, you know, and incidentally, Twitter is not the thing. (laughs) People after that, because if we're all on Twitter, we're probably also not doing something else that's more productive. But today's guest is going to help us hopefully find ways to add more time to our day or at least try to stack our day in a way that's more efficient. She's Laura Vanderkam. She's been on the show before. She's a friend and she's a recurring guest and she's one of the world's leading experts on time management and productivity. She's written four books and her most recent is called Off the Clock, Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done. It just hit the shelves. She's also a podcast host and average reader, get this. She's already finished uh, about seventy five books this year. Her goal is, I think, to hit a hundred. And before you think that this lifestyle of just you know reading seventy five books, if that's what you want to do or just having more time to yourself or to your business or for your family, seems like this impossible task, let me add that Laura is not only all of those great things that I just mentioned, but she's also a mother to not just one child but four four children. Think about that. Laura talks about how she divides and conquers the most important things that she has to do during the day, sometimes involving her children. What does that mean? Plus inexpensive ways to buy more time in your day. Because sure, if we had more money, we could probably throw some money at the problem, right? But what if we don't? Or what if we do and we don't really want to spend more money to buy more time in the day? We want to like be smart about it and I'm not a morning person, so that can't happen for me. Uh, I was really interested in these inexpensive ways to buy more time in my day. And she's on the money. Here we go. Here is Laura Vanderkam. Laura Vanderkam, welcome back to So Money. Um, uh, Let me tell you, I have been so waiting for for this book to come out off the clock, your latest book, and to learn the latest on how to best manage my time. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. You're obsessed with time, lady. I am. <laughs> when did it start for you? I mean, you're a mom of 4, so clearly time is always on your mind and you how to best use it. But uh this has really become a professional expertise for you and you're you're one of the world's most renowned time experts now. You know, after you graduated from Princeton, was this what you thought you'd be en- end up doing? Uh no. <laughs> it was not, but uh
1: it was um a topic that I was interested in, and that other people were interested in reading about. And, and so, you know, I'm sort of much like you with money, there's, there's many things that you're interested in life. But once you become known for something, you sort of need to keep finding new angles on that. And, and that's what your community is interested in as well. And so, you know, I've really enjoyed learning as much as I can about time and trying to do some new research into the topic myself and share what I can with my my community.
0: So this latest book is called Off the Clock and your previous books uh inc- have included 168 hours you have more time than you think, I know how she does it, how successful women make the most of their time. There's also a book you have gotten you've had there's also a book you wrote called What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast. You've given TED talks on this. Your latest is called Off the Clock Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done. You examined 900 900- time journals or you interviewed 900 people um, and found out how some of the busiest people still have time to relax and not feel rushed. And I just want to read an excerpt from the, the first, I guess, first chapter in your book, just to explain to readers what feeling off the clock feels like. And you write, feeling off the clock is exhilarating. It is a key component of human happiness, and yet a life is lived in hours, and living the good life requires being a proper steward of those hours. And you go on to say that this book is about finding that lookout spot for understanding time freedom. It's about developing a new mindset. So this is this – you're like trying to democratize how people can maximize time. This isn't about, you know, throwing money at the problem. These are habits, behaviors, mindset shifts. What was the biggest revelation for you as somebody who focuses on this day in and day out, like one of the biggest ahas? Well, when I asked
1: 900 people to track their time for a day, I also asked them questions about how they felt about their time. Um, So then I could compare the schedules of people who felt starved for time and stressed about time with people who felt more relaxed, who felt time was abundant. And these were all sort of equivalently busy people. Like it wasn't like some were retired and some weren't. I mean, we're all talking people with full-time jobs, families, busy people. And one of the most surprising findings to me was that the people with the highest time perception scores were highly likely to have done something very interesting on that March Monday that I had them record. Like we're talking people who went to salsa dancing lessons on a Monday night or, you know, took the family out for a movie or, you know, went to the park after dinner or something like that. You know, it wasn't just commute to work, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. Like there was some reason that they might remember that March Monday. Um, And I think that that was kind of a cool finding because One of the reasons that people feel like time kind of slips through their fingers is that they don't remember where their time went. Like there's nothing memorable about their time. Uh, Whereas when you have these little adventures in your life, then time becomes memorable. And one of the ways that our brain judges how much time we have is by how memorable our time is, how many memory units we have formed of any given length of time. And so these people were doing fun, memorable things. And so they had more time.
0: So it's about filling your time with more intentional experiences. I did this thing yesterday where I scheduled a really quick manicure in the middle of the day, which forced me basically to get all my stuff done before that. And I remember thinking to myself, I should do this more often. Like I should give myself these little pockets, these moments of me time throughout the day. Not every day. It doesn't work out every day. But that way I feel like I'll be more productive until that kind of fun thing starts for me. Is that – I call it – yeah. These are little daily vacations. <laughs> okay. Daily vacations. So this- Daily vacations. So am I sort of like practicing your book without having already read it? Yeah.
1: Well, and the, the- – one of the other cool things that these daily vacations can do is it gives you an opportunity to kind of stretch those savoring muscles. Um, So one thing that people do that's really cool with time, people who feel like they have more time, is that they can really stretch good experiences to make them richer and make them feel like they last longer. Um, You know, if you think about our time, like waiting in the line at the DMV seems to take forever, but like that equivalent amount of time spent like hanging out and having a drink with a friend feels like it flies by. So wouldn't it be awesome if we could make the time with the friends seem to go as slowly as the time in the DMV line? And, and one of the things we can do is to like actively build these savoring muscles, like to really notice the experience to kind of take in everything, to slow down, to talk about how awesome it is, figure out how you'll remember it afterwards. Um, so, you know, when you build in these daily vacations, you go do your manning, you really think about like, look at me. I'm the kind of person who's taking a break during the day. Let me pause and notice how fun this is, how much I'm enjoying myself. Let me Notice what it feels like to be relaxed. And, and when you pay attention to things like this, um, then that little quick vacation uh, will, will expand in your mental picture of it.
0: It's interesting as I hear you talk about this and as I'm skimming through your book, I, I, I feel like there are so many parallels in how we treat time and how we treat money that yield um, more of it. So, or feeling that like you have more of it or feeling more gr- uh, g- gratified with the how you're spending your money and spending your time. So you used words like abundance and believing that time is abundant and also people who believe that money is abundant end up being people who um, have more of it or feel more financially free. People who respect money, respect time, um, use their money for experiences, use their time for experiences. It's not, I think, a coincidence that when you have have these sorts of belief systems around money and time that um, you feel more satisfied in life? And so, in your research, what were some of the time money uh, relationships that you found? Any of them? I mean, I don't really. You can kind of go at it in, in a lot of directions. Yeah, well, there's definitely an overarching uh, relationship
1: between time and money in that both are scarce resources um, in the sense of, like, for most people, they're not infinite. Um, Time is a little bit more limited, I think, than money, because obviously you can make more money, but you cannot make more time um but that said i mean i think you know one of the strategies that people who spend time well uh use is thinking about how money could be a tool to help them enjoy more of their hours cuz if you think about you know time being a limited resource we, we don't want to spend all our time kind of wishing minutes away. And if you, if you think about how you spend a day-to-day life, there are many times that people spend wishing time away. Like we're wishing our commute to go faster. We're wishing a meeting to go faster. Like we're, you know, wishing sometimes time before bedtime to go faster if our kids are misbehaving, that sort of thing. Uh, so the question is, you know, could money – be used in any way to make some of these minutes be more tolerable, um, to be less draining or something like that. And so, you know, in my life, one of the things we've done, uh, I have, I have four children. So, um, you know, I'm not getting a whole lot of time off from them on the weekends, but we will sometimes have a sitter come to stay with the little ones, uh, while we're doing activities with the big ones. So, you know, my husband can take one kid to one thing. I'll take a kid to one thing. We're both getting one-on-one time with one of the kids. Then the little children are not miserable being, dragged to a sideline, like we're not trying to keep them off a court or out of a swimming pool or, you know, whatever else we're at. Um, And so it's this like investment in life satisfaction that I've taken a couple hours on a Saturday from being just absolutely miserable, chasing a toddler around and trying to keep them out of things um, to actually like enjoying my other kids activity. So that is, for instance, a a way that, you know, you can use money to make time better.
0: In the years that I've had this podcast I've had on a handful of time management experts or experts who uh, talk about how to live your best life. and effectively, all of them wake up early in the morning and 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 say that that is a huge aspect to getting more done, feeling more productive, and having really a quality life. because if you get up early, that means you probably have to go to bed early and that you're getting more sleep, uh, hopefully. I am not a morning person. Never have been, never will be. I will get up early if I have to, but I'm, it's not my preference. And I, and I understand the value in having that early quiet time in between, you know, 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. Um, so what is your advice for me and others who feel like the morning is just not their happiest time of the day?
1: Yeah. Well, I, it's probably not my happiest time necessarily either because for the past several years, I mean, I've had a small child waking me up earlier than I want to. So if, if your kids are not doing that to you, like good, good for you. I, I have a, uh, you know, my, my youngest child, um, wants to do great things before breakfast and unfortunately can't seem to do them by himself. Uh, so he's wake, been waking somebody up, you know, in the morning for, for many years. Um, But, you know, that's a a phase of life. I think for many people, mornings are good because it is time you can have to do your own personal projects before everybody else wants a piece of you, both at work and at home. Um, And and so, you know, for most people, they tend to have more focus and discipline. Like after that first cup of coffee, they can take on the world. And, you know, if so, if there's something you want to do. You can tell yourself you'll do it at the end of the day with whatever time you have left over, but often you don't have time left over or your energy level is such that you're not going to do anything particularly important with that time, whereas in the morning you can get through it. And so it's you know, the same advice that people use with finances, that you want to pay yourself first because if you wait until the end of the month to save what's left over, you probably won't have a whole lot of money left over. But if you save at the beginning, um, somehow you'll get through. And you'll also continue to build wealth at the same time. So that's why people use mornings, but you don't have to use mornings. I mean, it's a question of like, are you doing the things in life that you wish to be doing? And if you are making space for your personal projects, um, then there's no point in waking up at 5 a.m. just to wake up at 5 a.m. You know, it's more that if people don't have space in their life for these things, that's probably the best place to look.
0: We're in conversation with Laura Vanderkam, and Laura was actually on the podcast back episode one forty nine. So, if you're curious about her money story, check out that episode. But I'm so obsessed with this time topic, as you are, Laura. So, I wanted to dedicate this particular visit of yours to the to the podcast to, to talking about time. And uh, the other question I had was obviously talked about time for a while now, but. In 2018, now the book is out in 2018, you probably started writing it in 2016 or earlier even. We are in this sort of height of social media and so many distractions from Instagram to you can now watch TV on any screen. There's a lot of pressure to – fill up our time with things that are not necessarily productive okay here's the question how do I get off Instagram <laughs> <laughs>
1: get off- Okay, Instagram is, Instagram is fun I don't know I mean I don't think you have to get off of it yeah um, I think the question is How can we make sure that the time we're spending on it is time that is chosen and that feels good as opposed to feels like I just wasted two hours of my life, um, which is which is a worse feeling. Um, And I think there's two things you can do. I mean, think about this as like playing offense and playing defense. So in terms of offense, you want to make sure that the important, cool, meaningful stuff is happening in your life, Um, because when you are deeply absorbed in a project, Uh, that you're working on like a, a work project that you find really intensely interesting. It's like using all your skills, you're naturally less tempted to go do these little things with your time because you want to spend your time doing that. So as much of your time as possible, you want to fill with the cool stuff. You want to, you know, do the cool project at work. You want to have a dinner party with friends. You want to, you know, go for a long bike ride with a friend or your spouse or something. These are things that naturally keep us off these time wasters. So fill your life with that stuff. And then in terms of defense, I think a lot of the online surfing is just kind of mindless And so one thing you could do is, of course, put your phone in airplane mode, um, because that way you can still look at the time. Um, You can still see the time. uh, You can may even record your steps i'm not sure but it you're not you have to take one more step to get on all your apps that require internet access and sometimes that one extra step is enough to have you say well do i really want to is that what i want to be doing with my time right now and if it is great put it out of airplane mode and go enjoy your time on instagram but if that is not what you want to do then that can nudge you to do something else
0: it's like spending your money. If you have – if you've taken care of all the kind of boring stuff first, like you've saved for retirement and you've saved for your rainy day and you've paid your bills and not all the exciting stuff, but the stuff that has to happen, your needs, then go and have a blast and not feel guilty about it, I think is what I'm hearing from you, a same way to kind of manage your time on the stuff that may feel – a, a little frivolous but honestly if you've got everything else covered then have enjoy your time if that's actually what brings you some pleasure i also read in your book that what you something that you do is really like look at your day in 30 minute increments or maybe that's not exactly how you do it but there is something to be said about um checking in on the clock every so often like and actually taking a, a Like giving yourself deadlines, like mini deadlines to do things. I do this sometimes with writing. When I have writing deadlines, I'll say, okay, I'm going to basically put on the phone alarm in to go off in 45 minutes. And I'm going to just make the most of the next 45 minutes or 25 minutes. And you can actually get a lot done, more than you think. Oh, you definitely can. I mean, often people don't start stuff that is like, well,
1: I need a whole day to do this. My guess is you probably don't need a whole day. <laughs> You'll be amazed what you can get through in 45 minutes. And then if you need more time, stop, take a break and do another 45 minutes or, you know, whatever unit of time sort of works for, for you. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a great way to, to think about this and um, to make sure that you're making time for the, the important stuff.
0: Because what is it about that? It's like really like I feel like it's very relieving to say, OK, 30 minutes. I can do that. That's manageable. I I, I th- it takes away the overwhelm for me, you know, thinking like I have this huge project and it's going to take two days. Like just start. Give yourself 30 minutes. You're going to get more done than you think.
1: Yeah, and almost universally that is the case. And often these things sort of build up in our minds of being horrible and terrible and, you know, I I feel this way about my taxes all the time. <laughs> it actually just doesn't take nearly as much time as I think it's going to, you know, I, I do wind up blocking out two days and then I'm done in like three hours. I'm like, ah, oh, guess what I'm going to do for the next day and a half. Let's find something fun, I guess. Um, so yeah, guess just get started. Lower your expectations. I mean, one of the things I talk about in off the clock <laughs> Lower is this, your expectations. like, you know, because we, we have this idea that, um, you know things have to be perfect. And so that keeps us from even starting. But often when you find people who are incredibly productive or prolific, they have just decided to make small steps and do them repeatedly. Um, so one woman I talked to, for instance, is this incredibly prolific novelist. Um, but basically all she's doing is she's saying, well, I'm going to write 2000 words a day. Like I will do this in you know, three spurts, like I'll write an 800 word scene, I'll take a break, I'll go write an 800 word scene, take a break, go write, you know, another scene or half a scene or whatever. Three scenes in the day, like that's really not that much, you know, 2000 words, like people will probably spend that much words in email in the course of the day, but then she just keeps doing it. Like she'll do that a couple days a week. So she's written 10,000 words in the week. And then she does it the next week and does it the next week. And, you know, shockingly, if you've outlined it and know roughly what you need to write, you've got a 70,000 word novel in seven weeks uh, at that pace. And then you build in two weeks to edit it. And like at this pace, she can crank out four novels a year. And it was just sort of like, yeah, I mean, she's not working that hard on any given day, but because she just keeps going, um, it's that persistence that, that what adds up to this, this prolificity, if that is the word.
0: And it speaks to your point that while the, perception is that time is limited and certainly it's a limited resource, but that when you plan out your projects and you stay consistent and you are disciplined, it turns out there's a lot of time, that the time adds up. And then, you know, in seven weeks you've got a book or whatever you have. Um, so, What is something else that you do with your money that gives you back time? I loved the anecdote you just shared earlier about, you know, getting a sitter on the weekends for your small ones, for your small children, and then doing one on one time with your um, older children, you and your husband. That's a great, maybe, way that parents may not have thought about using their money. Another example in my friends, uh, among my friends, is they'll get a sitter from four till eight o'clock on a Saturday night um, so that they can go and get dinner. And it's an early dinner, but they just like it because it's, they don't have to worry about reservations and then they can come home and the kids are asleep and they can feel like their date's continuing, but they're not getting a sitter from like eight to midnight. Yeah, no, that would be a a good use of of cash too. Uh, What are some other ways that you're using your cash to, to give yourselves more freedom with the way that you use your time?
1: Well, I think one thing to think about is, is planning in little treats. Um, cause often life can feel like this bit of a chore. Um, you know, you're working hard, you're dealing with small people at home or whatever your chores are at home. And, you feel like, you know, I have nothing I'm actually enjoying. But what if you used, you know, consciously used a little bit of money as a way to put in a treat? Like, it doesn't have to be huge, but maybe it's that like, oh, here's a book I really want to read. I could put myself on the list for the library and I can see that 18 people want the book before me. So I'm never going to get to it. Or I could just buy the ebook. You know, I'm just going to put the that is my treat fund. Um, and then you really enjoy that time and maybe you make it up somewhere else. Like you, you know, bring your lunch instead of buying it one day and then, you know, they come out wash there, that, that 13 bucks. Um, so, you know, little treats into your life can, can really help with, with using money. Well, you know, there might be big things too. If you look at your time and sort of analyze like, well, what is my, you know, most unhappy time? And then what is my happy time? And, and could I move any of the stuff in the not happy into the happy, um, you know, big questions would be like where I live. Like if commuting is the low point for many people's days, um, maybe it's worth spending a little bit extra money on a house that is closer to where you work. Um, Or maybe it is that you, um, you know, get a subscription to uh, something that you can listen to in your car that, that, you know, paying for that, that might make that time a lot more, pleasant Um, or if you hate cooking, for instance, maybe there's you could hire somebody to make some meals on weekends and then you heat them up during the week or something. But, you know, think about what it is that you find miserable, like you really hate doing and then ask yourself, could I use money in any way to put this into a happier category of time? And if you could, then it might be a good use of fun, certainly more than a lot of the sort of mindless spending that I'm sure you see all the time Mm when people keep track of it.
0: Well, you bring up commuting, which is really in New York City a huge pain point for workers. And my husband was commuting. What should have been a twenty-minute commute on the subway most days was an hour just because of the breakdowns and the overpopulation that we have here. And and you know he was considering leaving his job. He actually got poached to work somewhere else that now he can walk to work. Ooh, nice! Minute walk to work. <laughs> I know it's like really it's like the secret like you think about you think about wanting to do something and then you tell the universe and then it happens but it
1: finds you a job right by your house
0: <laughs> yeah and, and we were we were joking about it we're like is it is it enough of a reason to switch like a job because the commute is just killing your soul and um I said, no, I think, especially in New York, a lot of people can relate to that. And I feel like it should be a metro section story, like front cover, like man leaves job for better commute. Um, it's, you know, some people will move, some people will just quit their jobs because it's just not a productive use of their time. I mean, it's one thing if you could sit on a train and read and do work, but usually you're just, um, holding on to a strap hold and. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just miserable. <laughs> it's just miserable for, for like 45 minutes. And then you're, that's cutting into his time with family and just, you know, um, getting some work done. He has to leave super early to get to work on time. So, uh, I think that maybe another bit of advice for people who have that kind of miserable commute to work is like, see if you can work from home someday. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right?
1: <laughs> well, especially if you're thinking like you might quit um, because yeah. of the, like, if that's on the line, you may as well just go and ask for anything you want. Um, you know, think about like, could I get out of commuting a certain number of days per week or like what amount of money would it take to make me whole in this situation of hating my commute so much? Um, and, and go in with that. Cause you know, again, if you're going to leave, like you may as well ask for what you want, um, b- before you do and see if it's possible.
0: I recently recommended to somebody – she was spending an hour and a half every direction to commute to work in Los Angeles, which is not a shock. Traffic, there's a mess. Uh, But, you know, and she was spending a lot on childcare. And I said, well, what if you worked from home a few days a week or at least once a week and that would allow you to at least not have to rush your kids off to daycare so early – And save maybe a half an hour each morning or each morning and evening, um, getting ready for work and getting them ready for daycare. And that could save money on childcare. Um, so it's a win, win, win. And also for your employer, it's a win because you mentioned like they're going to retain you. (laughs) You're not going to want to start looking for other jobs. What is something that you practiced years ago that you thought was a good saving, a good way of saving time? And now you're realizing, um, there, there were better ways or that it's not working for you anymore? Um,
1: you know, I think obviously life evolves and things might have been a good time, good use of time at a certain point and are less so later. Um, I still enjoy writing articles. I write a lot less of them than I used to. I've sort of focused my time on writing books and doing speeches. Um, it just seems like a more efficient means of getting the message out there um, that if I'm going to write articles, I like them to be sort of media, longer stuff, um, versus the shorter, um, you know, just quick take on something. So, you know, I'm, I'm spending time on that also making sure that if I am writing stuff, it's going on my own webpage so that it's like building up my brand, um, as, as much as, you know, advancing cause of, of other publications. Um, So that's something I I think I'm trying to be a little bit better about just going to bed at night instead of, you know, trying to get that, uh, you know, extra bit of work. in. I know that for many people, it is necessary to do that, you know, second split shift at at night after the kids go to bed. So what happens is, like, you need to leave work at a good time to get to daycare pickup, for instance. um, But that's before all your work is done. So then you wind up, doing all the email at night after your kids go to bed. And that certainly works for some people, but I decided I'd I'd rather just keep, you know, working when I could, like I'd have, you know, a little bit of extra childcare into the evenings and and try and get a lot of it done and then sort of not be back on every night, um, if at all possible. So different things I'm doing.
0: Good. Yeah. I think that when you become a mom and you've been a mom four times now over, uh, you just get better and better with, managing your time. I, I think, well, you not everyone does, but I think that it's inherent sometimes because you have now non-negotiables in your life. Like your kids have to go to school. They have to get fed. They have to get their homework done. And so there are the and you have to work and you have to make the money so that the, you know, the cycle can continue. And so there are certain things that must now your time must be dedicated to that are non negotiables and they're kind of these tent poles throughout your day. And so everything else either that you were doing before seems ir- just not important, not as urgent, um, and you get better at doing the things that you have to do, at, for me at least, in a shorter period of time so that you can then do the things that you actually love doing and yeah. bring the joy back into your life not that kids don't bring the joy but you know what I mean getting I've manicured. been amazed how quickly I can write an
1: 800 word piece if I need to if you need to exactly <laughs> because you have to make
0: your kids soccer game or um, you know dance recital or just go on a date night or just not just stare at the at the paint dry because yeah exactly <laughs> is, minutes bang it out <laughs> exactly Laura Vanderkamp thank you so much congratulations Off the Clock is out everywhere where books are available it is your latest and greatest on how to make the most of your time feel less busy while getting more done thank you so much for the work that you do thank you for having me Thanks so much to Laura for coming on the show. Her website is lauravandercam.com. She's on Twitter at LVandercam. And the book again is called Off the Clock. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you want to come on to the show, yeah, co-host with me, let me know. Go to somoneypodcast.com and click on Ask Farnoosh. And in there, let me know. Or go on Instagram, follow me there. Let me know that you want to co-host or if you've got a money question, either of those places are great to hit me up. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. I don't know about you, but I'm going off the clock right now. Hope your day is so money.